0: The Descant Music and Media Group presents In Search of Peace and Healing with your host, Celia Boone.
1: Welcome, friends. I'm delighted that you've joined us today and hope this podcast will be helpful to you. Rather than define what this podcast is, which is really yet to unfold, let's start with what it's not. This is not a meeting, and it's not church, but a dialogue to aid our search, the search for peace and healing. In some of our episodes, my guests and I will discuss ideas and strategies that we've picked up from various places. Including twelve step programs from churches and many other sources, take what you like and leave the rest. Hello, and welcome back. I'm Celia Boone, and uh, this podcast is about being in search of peace and healing for the holes in our souls and the things we may they have traumatized us in the past. You know, I'm not talking about physically healing my busted knee or, you know, a broken fingernail, but but really the emotional and spiritual wounds that we carry, because those those things that we do carry can be awfully heavy, emotional baggage some people call it, and um, it really limits us. It keeps us from being our best selves. I hope you guys all had a happy new year. I know uh, Ken and I did. Now it's time to get back to work for kids, uh, get back to school. You know, with the new year, all of us, I think, or most of us, have some kind of hopes or dreams about what this year will bring. And for me, I always have expectations. I'm going to tell you a secret I want everything to go my way. Now, I've learned that that's not a good way to go through life. And that's just part of me now, kind of the sicker part, I guess. I always want to feel not just good, but I want to feel great all the time. And that that doesn't happen either. And actually, that's for a good reason. Because the times in my life when I have been going through the greatest struggles have been where I actually did the most growing. And so I believe that we have opportunities for learning and things to struggle with because we need to grow stronger. In addition, having lots of things in the past that were just terrible struggles for me... You know, some of them I still deal with. Some of them, very frankly, um, there are some things in me that have been healed. But one thing that always carried me from peace and serenity toward fear, away from love, was when I would put expectations on other people. When I would say, okay, I want you to do this for me. And maybe I didn't even say it. Maybe I just thought it. And, you know, then if that person didn't do what I had thought that I wanted them to do, then I could get a resentment and yet make my day even worse and worse. So I learned along the way, um, particularly a couple of my friends in my support network worked with me about, okay, You're not going to get everything you want. Think about in the past when you wanted something, someone, you know, something to happen that didn't happen. And looking back, now you're really grateful that it didn't happen because it wouldn't have been good for you. And I'd never thought about that before. So I'm grateful that the good Lord has not given me everything that I wanted. I'm also grateful that I have learned how to practice the spiritual principle of acceptance. I'm not the general manager of the universe. Uh, My life no longer hinges on me trying to get what I want, manipulating or Charming others into giving me what I thought I wanted, but instead to be able to just accept, okay, that person and their life, their words, their thoughts are outside of my hula hoop and I cannot control the situation. It's not okay for me to try to control it and try to force them or make demands on them to do what I think they should do or what I want them to do. Um, I need to leave them alone and work on myself instead. Um, And so the serenity prayer is one thing that has really helped me with that. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Generally, uh, the things I can't control are things outside of my hula hoop. You know, imagine you have an imaginary hula hoop around your waist or around you, and what's inside that hula hoop is your business. I've been taught what's outside of the hula hoop is not my business. And so practicing acceptance. Acceptance doesn't mean either that I approve of what's happening. It doesn't mean that I like it. It doesn't even necessarily mean that I'm going to allow that person um, much much time in my life. My my life used to revolve around drama and trauma, and that no longer appeals to me, thank goodness. So I don't invite trauma and drama into my life just because. because that helps me to have serenity. And the more serenity I get, the more I want. Yes, that's true. But I think that's also a way for to keep me motivated, to keep doing the inner work that it takes in order to have that serenity. I've heard it said that inside of every expectation, there's a baby resentment just waiting to be born. And so for this year, I've been thinking about what is it that I'd really like to work on. So one thing that I'm going to try to work on this that well, no, I'm going to work on this year, is to keep my expectations as low as possible and keep my acceptance as high as possible. Because I'm not in charge of somebody else's behavior or their thoughts, or how they look or act. I'm responsible for doing what I can to serve the good Lord in any way I can, to be helpful to others, to try to bring things to the table or bring things into my community that will be helpful, that will be positive, that will be good. You see, the harvest is always bigger than the seed. And if I plant seeds of love, peace, joy, blessings, and hope, my favorite spiritual gift is hope, then that's going to come back to me. And I never realized that my very negative thinking was actually helping to bring negative people and events to bear in my life. So I guess it was about 2005, I was feeling quite, quite lonely. The holidays were upon us and I was not in good shape physically, enough to be able to travel anywhere or be with family. And so, For 2006, my resolution was, I'm going to love people this year. So I just made a conscious choice everywhere I went to just treat people with love and kindness, to smile, to be warm and friendly and helpful wherever I could be. And I loved the results that I got. Love just was poured into me so much by others. And it was so cool to be able to see that I was having an, a positive effect on those around me. And that they too were then inspired to, when they left you know, home or went home, to take their best selves with them. So my friends, I'm going to, challenge you this year. If you can to keep your expectations low, accept the things you cannot change. And if you're having a hard time with acceptance, uh, what works for me is I just keep saying the serenity prayer over and over and over again. and it 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 helps. It really helps me. Feel better, and it helps me remember that I'm in the action business, not the results business, because the results are up to God. So, as you continue on through this early part of the year, know that you are loved, and that I wish each of you peace, joy, blessings, hope, and everything good. But also, I wish you willingness to learn and enough will, or maybe aligning your will with that of your higher power, so that you too can enjoy peace and serenity to a fuller extent. Now... That having been said, um, get ready to have a little bit of fun because we're going to take a quick break. And after that, uh, we will be back with the amazing Beth Butler for part two of her interview.
0: You've been listening to In Search of Peace and Healing with Celia Bloom, who returns this episode in just a moment.
1: If you are enjoying this podcast and would like to learn more, we invite you to go to our website, descant-mmg.weebly.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter.
0: Don't forget LinkedIn.
1: Our podcast can be found on the Spreaker Network.
0: Episodes are also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you want to book Celia for concerts and/or conferences, contact us to learn how. Thank you.
1: Um, now, so you know, this podcast is about in search of peace and healing. So having this background, Going to adult children of alcoholics and getting help and support from them. Um, what is it now today? Mm-hmm. When you know when life gets stressful, you're a single parent now. Um, what do you do when you feel distressed or you don't you don't have peace in your spirit? What are some of the things that you do, activities you do that help you to? you know, calm mm-hmm. your, yourself mm-hmm. and to, uh, help you get through those times. Yeah. And that's a
2: great question. And, um, I, I will say this, I think one thing that I am eternally grateful for is my faith. Right. And when I say that, I don't mean it lightly. Right. I, I mean, right. not, not just, you know, I've always been in church cause I just told you earlier, you know, we were raised in church, but I always knew, um, at a young, young age that, um, that Christ was a part of my world, right? That I right. I believed in 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 Jesus, right? I believed uh-huh. that there was somebody that that had my back, right, and knew that um, he he was there always. And so I had that faith. And I'll, I'll tell you this, and I and and when I think about my journey in terms of my vision and my my um, my diagnosis and kind of that whole journey, I forgot to share this, but the morning before we were getting ready to go to Boston Palmer to see Dr. J. Lawton Smith, right? Mm-hmm. We had a, a maid at the time that would come in uh, once in a while. And she was there that morning. And I remember, and her name was Maria. And uh, she was, um, sh- she she looked at me and she said, Mary Beth, she said, have you prayed? And I said, and I kind of looked at her and I said, no. And she said, have you, you prayed, you know, and asked Jesus to heal your eyes? And I said, no. And she said, well, go, go find a quiet place and pray. And, and so I did, you know, just out of obedience, Mm -hmm. out of just, you know, that sounds like a pretty good idea, you know? Um, and so I went, I remember going in the bathroom and just, you know, bowing my head and standing in front of the big mirror in there and praying. And, it was and then going to the doctors after that and hearing um the 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 correct diagnosis, right, and, and right. knowing that I wasn't gonna go blind and that kind of thing. I mean, that was that was the faith of a child, right? I mean the simplicity of that, uh maybe that is what really embedded in me, the fact that wow, this is this is real, right? And I have access to that faith. But I um so I have always had that um that basis, no matter what. And I mean, I've gone through some real yucky times in my life. You know, yes. you know, I've talked about those. I mean, the journey with my mom, it was not always pleasant. Um, um, you know, a, attempted suicides, you know, mm. coming home from a football game and, and, you know, having a friend spend the night and, and she's overdosed and, you know, my we're, we're there by ourselves cause Parents are divorced, and calling paramedics and figuring out—you know—is it is lots of scary stuff, right? But at the same time, I—I I, I just, I've always felt like he's he's had my back, you know, and uh, mm. I've I've always felt that way. So when I when I talk about even after you know, as as an adult, and then you're you're faced with the the failing health of the of my mom, you know, and watching the impact of that abuse and that alcoholism all those years even those sweet moments that God has given me to love on my mom
1: uh-huh
2: right even in the midst of that and and you talk about healing um, I, I do remember a time shortly after my son was born and my mom was staying with me. <laughs> oh, Lord help. I, was all, <laughs> I will never forget. I am like super pregnant, and we go to pick her up at the airport, and she gets off the plane, and she is in all, such bad shape that she's kind of shuffling. Now, she wasn't drinking back then, or at least she wasn't drinking. It was just the continued drunk if you will that that brain damage I mean that's what it was right right but I had no idea because I hadn't seen her in some time and I just remember thinking oh lord I mean I can hardly care for myself right now and then I've got a newborn coming home and I got you know everyone's like oh your mom's coming to help with the baby and I'm going yeah no you know I mean really it was bad it was bad but you know we moved through that um And I bring my son home, uh, and I remember watching her try and pour a bowl of cereal and milk, and she, I mean, mess on the counter, uh, and watched her just, you know, Clay was down for a nap at that time or something, and I just remember, you know, getting down on on her level. Um, She was in a chair, and I just got down on my knees, and I just looked at her in the face, and I said, I love you. And I looked at her, and I said, I forgive you. I said, you know that, right? I said I forgive you, and um, and she kind of nodded, you know. And uh, I just—it's uh, because I—I I, you can't carry at least I can't carry those resentments. To me, right. they do nothing for me. They're
1: toxic. Uh,
2: they are. I just—I've never been good at at that. I. But just, that's a good thing. It is. It is
1: because I was way too good at that. Yeah. <laughs> way too good at that. <laughs> Well, so I, I have such yeah. admiration and respect, you know, that you saw that that wasn't going to serve you well. Yeah. Well, and I always felt
2: like, and I think I've shared this with you too, though, I, 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 there's a purpose in everything. Yes. I, I do believe that in my core, right? There's a purpose. And so for all the yuckiness that I have experienced and the frustration and the, and there is frustration. I mean, trust me. And I'm, I'm finding more and more of that when we talk about parenting um, in, in terms of my vision problem too. And the frustrations that come with not being able to drive or, you know, having to take longer to find a cord or, you know, figure out what to do with my, I know this is so silly, but like a Christmas tree ornament, right? I mean, Uh changing a battery out of the Christmas tree ornament. And and last night trying to do, I mean, I did it. It took me a
1: whole lot longer than it should have, right? But but I did it. But most people with low vision wouldn't have even attempted it. Yeah. And it just doesn't occur to you not to try. Yeah. Right. And I love that about you. I love that about you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, until I,
2: until I shock somebody or something happens, that you know, and then I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry, oops. I thought I did that correctly. I mean, you might not want to touch that. You know? <laughs> That's awesome. So, no. <laughs>
1: That's awesome, so, um, you also run to relieve tension. I do still? I
2: do you I run, run with
1: your dog. yeah, Uh, you know, I don't know that I run with my
2: dog. He's oh. more of an obstacle than than uh, I walk with him. Oh, you but walk with I, him. Okay. I do run. um i i I, I finally realized that uh, running can be fun, and it's it's something you can take with you anywhere. Um, I thought for a very long time that, that running was absolutely not something I would enjoy, but um, it, there's there, it's easy access for me, too, in terms of where I, I live, and there's a greenway. So uh, it's safe for the most part. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I think I've shared with you before, I've come up on a couple of snakes that I thought were sticks. And, um, yeah, oh. my apologies for anybody walking their young children and strollers when I, you know, jump over what I think I hope is not the head, and I'm like, yeah, I say some... S H, you know, be, you know, it's
1: like, yeah. Because I just don't know, you know, I'm scared. And, and you know what? I, I, I don't blame you all. <laughs> I would have not only said it, I would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would have had to go take a shower. So, we, trust well, me, it is, I'm hard. sure any mom yeah, who might have been there know. would yeah. understand. Yeah,
2: I'm like, I don't remember seeing that stick in the middle of the, and then I'm like, it's not a stick. It's, it. yeah, it was
1: a big, big snake. And, that is awesome yeah so oh man see I would have had a heart attack but I have also on the on the beautiful side of that right I have Uh come up
2: on deer as well and that have popped out in front of me on the greenway as well again nothing harmful by any means but it's cool because I'm I'm so quiet I guess when I'm running Uh that um all of a sudden I hear I, I and there's there's a doe that jumps out in front of you and it's it's cool You know, it's, it's so, so running is a good thing and it helps my, it does. And it walking my dog. So when you talk about stress Mm. and, uh, your health and I'm, I'm finding too, and we've talked about this working from home for me is a, it's a huge blessing because it gives you flexibility in your schedule. Uh, at the same time, it also emphasizes the importance of moving and, and for making myself get out and walk my dog or do those extra things because, I, I I am restricted somewhat in my house where I'm working at my desk and then I come down and i whereas if you're in an office or you're even walking to and from a parking lot every day, whatever right. it is uh, and I've worked in some great environments where you've got you know they they promote that right access to uh walking trails and things like that that you mm-hmm. take advantage of so uh but physical exercise is very important for you know the the um, the wellness of my mind. Um, I also love music. Um I have music mm. on a lot when i'm and that to me is a really um, great way to to uh, just escape um, mm-hmm. and uh, and just or I say escape. I think it's more you know, spending time with with the Lord. I mean, I, I really believe that that's that's a a channel for me to um singing songs of faith, yes, and yeah, and listening to them. Yeah. yeah. One of of the things that I did when I was young, uh, and, and I realize this now too, is a hammock and my sisters, if they were here, they would, Oh my gosh, where's Beth? She's in her hammock. You know, I was always in my hammock and I think, and it was outside Mm. and there was, it was movement. So for me, I, I always loved swings and I think having my vision problem, Uh um, any kind of movement that was, was just always, it's very soothing for me. And I've heard that. And it's funny, my sister was telling me not long ago that she had read something about that. And it made sense to her having grown up with me and knowing that I loved rocking chairs and those, I think it helps. And you'll see that it helps you stay grounded, blind people that are totally blind, you know, will often move a little bit. Um, and, and it is, it's very soothing to me. So, um, I do not have a, a hammock now because I don't have a place to put it. But if I did, I'd probably get a fraction of the work done that I need to get done. <laughs>
1: and I speaking would... of work, <laughs> um, tell tell our audience about your what you're doing now about the work. Sure. So,
2: um, you know, you mentioned um, that I had, had gone to law school. And um, while well, I, I, you know, the decision to do that to me was was all about what, what God's purpose was really for, Uh for my journey. And, um, I argued with him quite a bit during that time (laughs) that he opened that door to law school because I reminded him that I am legally blind and, um, there is a lot of reading in law school. (laughs) Uh, but I also knew that, uh, there was a purpose in that because it was, uh, my desire was to, um, you use my, uh, disability or my experiences with my disability as a way to help um, transform or educate or heighten awareness, uh, help companies understand mm-hmm. uh, the importance of including people with disabilities, the importance of, um, of accommodating and and finding that value. In other words, early on in my experience, I almost didn't get a job a very simple job for me with a four year degree in foreign language. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a pool bar server, uh, at a hotel. Yes. And I applied for that position in the midst of applying for law school and trying to figure out what I was going to do. And it was mm-hmm. that experience of not almost not getting that position because I had said, Oh, by the way, I've got a vision problem and I don't drive as a result, but I'll be here on time. I'm, you know, within bike riding distance, it's not an issue. And tried to assure them in my confidence of a, you know, what I I was 21 years old, had the world by the tail. Right. Uh And I thought, no, no problem, you know, and my dad, you know, to his credit was, listen, you come down, you know, stay with me, but you're going to work while you're deciding what you're going to do with the rest of your life. Right. Um, and so I, I thought not a problem. I'll go and get this job. Well, you know, they almost didn't hire me. I mean, they were not going to hire me uh, until I had a friend uh, kind of vouch for me that uh, I wasn't going to, you know, hurt myself or hurt somebody else in the midst of of the, the, the job that I was doing. And uh, that was a real aha moment for me. So... Mm. Went on to law school, and now the work that I'm doing, again, just aligns so well right, with that, that whole journey, and that is um, executive director of an organization called Disability in North Carolina, where we now, um, our, our sole purpose is really to empower businesses to achieve disability, equality, and inclusion. And what that means is um, helping companies understand um, the importance of full inclusion, you know, um, given the statistics of the number of people with disabilities in this country today, you have employees today that have disabilities. And so our goal and our role is really to help them understand um, how to create a culture that makes that okay. It makes it okay, right? Whether that is a a, a need for a, a special chair, whether that's a need for some additional breaks, um, right. But how how to coexist with employees that have disabilities and employees that that don't have disabilities yet, right? I mean, <laughs> um, so it's really opening the conversation um, in our corporate environments uh, to uh, to help uh, promote the employment of uh, people with disabilities.
1: Okay, so thank you so much for sharing that. Um, we're gonna. Um, before we end this segment, I'd like for you to do one thing. Um, you had mentioned that your mom passed away in December yes. of 2004. And, you know, Christmas is a lot of times is when we miss relatives um, who are no longer with us the most. Um, and so you, you showed me a poem, and I was wondering if you'd read that poem for us.
2: I would be happy to. And, um, and this this poem is uh, something that uh, we found uh, folded up in my mom's Bible um, after after she passed away. And I remember, my sisters and I were cleaning out her room because she was actually in a nursing home um, mm-hmm. and when when she passed. And this really just it ministered to our hearts, and so we actually made copies of it and had it distributed uh, as part of the memorial service when we when we had that for her. And I often come across people that have lost loved ones um, throughout the year or this time of year. You uh-huh. know, um, a friend of mine just uh, just posted not long ago. She lost a friend to lung cancer. Um, she was only 54 years old uh-huh. and um, has two. Two children and a husband, right? I mean, just happened last week. And so I'm always reminded of just kind of how this this poem ministered to me. So I wanted to to share it um, with you. It's called My First Christmas in Heaven. I see the countless Christmas trees around the world below with tiny lights like heaven's stars reflecting on the snow. The sight is so spectacular. Please wipe away the tear. For I am spending Christmas with Jesus Christ this year. I hear the the many Christmas songs that people hold so dear, but the sounds of music can't compare with the Christmas choir up here. I have no words to tell you the joy their voices bring, for it's beyond description to hear the angels sing. I know how much you miss me, I see the pain inside your heart. But I'm not so far away. We really aren't apart. So be happy for me, dear ones. You know I hold you dear. And be glad I'm spending Christmas with Jesus Christ this year. I send you each a special gift from my heavenly home above. I send you each a memory of my undying love after all. Love is the gift more precious than pure gold. It was always more important in the stories Jesus told. Please love and keep each other as my father said to do. For I can't count the blessings of love he has for each of you. So have a Merry Christmas and wipe away that tear. Remember, I'm spending Christmas with
1: Jesus Christ this year. Thank you so much, Beth. That is wonderful. And um, I just thank you so much. Um, I'm sure our listeners can understand now why you are so very dear to me. I love you very much. And thanks again. Thank you. And now may each of you be blessed with more peace of mind and joy of heart than you could even imagine.
0: you've been listening to In Search of Peace and Healing with Celia Boone, a production of the Descant Music and Media Group, providers of music and media production, as well as business services for small businesses and nonprofit organizations. Visit our website at www.descant-mmg.weebly.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn.
1: Our podcasts can be found on the Spreaker Network.
0: Episodes are also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you want to book Celia for concerts and or conferences, contact us to learn how. Thank you.